0: This is a Think, Live, Be production. All right, let's give this a shot. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. We're <laughs> recording. It's- I feel like we've I'm recording, but it's a it's a delicate. It's a very delicate balance. And hopefully we will make it through this podcast without having to stop and start over. So yes,
1: between that and my back. <laughs>
0: uh, and your back I've is broken.
1: A, I've got a pinched <laughs> nerve at the moment. So if I involuntarily uh yeah. yell, grunt or grunt. And for <laughs> those
0: of you who, l- who listened last week the com- my computer is broken and so I've got this whole podcast set up delicately put together on a small little laptop. So hopefully we can
1: I think we can make it work
0: by next week we'll be back to normal i think
1: i hope so i hope so too um well so this morning pat sent me an article this is what i was trying to tell kayla here um pat sent me an article about the market and it was like you know it's basically like the buying frenzy is over i think that's the title of the article yeah right and I w- i've just i've been thinking a lot about a shifting market because probably everybody has because For years, we've gone to all these events, and they've said the market's going to shift. The market's going to shift. You know how many times I've attended a shift uh, family reunion or mega camp breakout Eleven years.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, and especially because of COVID, that was a whole thing too. It shifted the
2: way they didn't anticipate it. Right, it shifted. Yeah, Yeah. in a sense. Yeah,
0: the the title is "The Real Estate Frenzy is Over." Right. And yeah, go on.
1: Well, so I was reading the article just to see what other people think. You know, it's good to mm-hmm. it's good to keep up with what people say, and here's why: not because I agree with everything in that article, and specific to Orlando, like every market is different, right? So, what that is describing, I, I'm not sure we're necessarily feeling all of those things yet. But it what what's important is that that's an article that you shared with me, It's so other people shared around, mm-hmm. and other people are reading. Mm-hmm. So you have to keep in tune with what. The consumers are reading, and yeah. because that's what they think, and yeah. that's
0: what, and that actually becomes a self fulfilling prophecy to a certain degree because yes. it, the you know, it's like you, you say, I don't make the prices the market does. Well, this is how that happens.
1: Yes, the more articles that are written about the market shifting, it's
0: slowing, it's slowing, it's slowing down, it's then, cooling down, right?
1: The interest rates are going up, so it has to, right? Like, that's the whole point of them raising the rates is to cool down the market, yeah,
0: it gets people who now there are people who won't be able to buy a house right so
1: so all of that is what people are hearing and then that like you just said it's a self-fulfilling prop prophecy where they will then begin to think that well oh so now must not be a good time to buy and so we're going to start hearing more people saying they're going to wait to see what happens And so I think, I don't think anybody's prepared for those conversations. Like even myself, then I've, I've been through a shift before, like a crash. I've been through an actual crash. Mm -hmm. But if I think about like, we've just become so accustomed to going to the people who are ready. Well, everybody feels ready. Yeah. Right. Like everybody that we meet for the most part, I mean, granted you have people that just are like in, in terms of leads. Not every lead is a real buyer yeah. at this moment, right? But when you meet somebody and they sit down and they you do a consultation, they're ready to go and they're under contract in like a week, right? Yeah. Like, oh, I mean, if really it started to feel that way, like, oh, you want to see two houses and then they pick one, mm-hmm. which is great. But don't forget that that's not normal right. and that will change. And so... We need to... We probably... We should have been preparing before. <laughs> well,
0: I've always said, like, because when you, you got in the business in the lowest, the worst market housing market in our lifetimes, that I uh, always equate that to being on the on-deck circle in uh, playing baseball and swinging two baseball bats. So... And then you go... When you go up to the plate, you drop one of those bats and all of a sudden that bat is a lot lighter and easier to swing. Yeah. So you kind of learned in the worst market so when the market got good you're like oh this is what it, what this is so I for the agents out there who kind of got in when this boom was starting and like oh this is real estate awesome 25 sales first year great it's like it's coming where things are going to shift and it, that that meeting all those people everyone wants to buy a house and, and, and that's going to or everyone can buy a house that's going to change and people are in for a rude awakening i think that's when you'll see a lot of these agents kind of get out of the business the ones that you know
1: well yeah that's what happens when a market shifts is that we do lose a good percentage of the number of agents that are out there but that happens a while after the market has after.
0: right they have to lose they have to realize they're not making any money Mm -hmm. well for a while so
1: right now so think think about it like this if we've already passed the top of the market which yeah. I don't know and neither do you and neither does anyone else but if we've already passed the top of the market or maybe last month was
0: well according to this article it's been trending down for the last three months like that the that the, the boon, number
1: of sales yeah mm-hmm.
0: existing home sales um, has trended down for three straight months
1: so can I tell you something so and this is more local news but just so you know um, this is why it's so important to pay attention to your local stats because so our sales are down month over month Mm -hmm. but the number of pending sales is up Mm -hmm. well pending sales are future sales right so next month it's going to be right back to where it was right so but this is what people are reading right because this is because they're
0: well yeah this is averaging the entire country together national association of realtors right so it's national so what it's doing in you know poughkeepsie new york compared to beverly hills it's It's like that's not the same it's not just not the same right it's like we live in a we this is a little inside baseball for for and a little local but we live in a place where people are moving to like exponentially more than anywhere else in the country Mm -hmm. so the market here is going to be different than Maybe in some places where it's this, you work mostly in the suburbs outside of Chicago. That isn't a growth-oriented area. That is just a lot of homes built maybe in the '80s and stuff. But but here, like even the small towns are turning into cities around us. So it's a we we're kind of in a uh, uh, insulated, I guess.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, yes, I agree with that. But I guess all I'm saying is regardless like the market will shift because it always does there's cycles and it has to go through those cycles but i think it's more of what you were saying earlier where um you're what you're going to start having to deal with now isn't actually a shifted market it's people thinking Mm -hmm. that it has
0: and and the and the opposite right (laughs) right so buyers not
1: realizing well
0: buyers are gonna think oh this is a shifting market let's go in under asking price and buyers or sellers are still gonna think they're riding some wave of having all of the all of the the leverage so you're gonna start to see that uh, well it's overpriced and the offers are coming in under and they're two people were too far apart to be able to come to some sort of middle ground
1: well so if if it's cooling um and again, that that just means sort of balancing out, still shifting in a sense, but like balancing things out. It doesn't usually last that long in that balanced market. Mm-hmm. Um, but if that's what's happening now, because the rates have gone up and that has made some things more affordable, um, then sellers have been overpricing their homes, thinking that like, well, I can price it, you know, 20% over what you suggest and it doesn't matter people will just come and pay whatever because there's no other options and that's going to change Yeah, and they're not going to realize that that's changed until it's too late and that and then the buyers like you were just describing the buyers I think the buyers are the biggest challenge in, in this kind of market because like okay I'm gonna give you two examples <laughs> um, for a seller, if you overprice your listing, it is detrimental and you shouldn't do that. And we know that as real estate professionals, but you can lower the price. And if you do it fast enough, you can catch back up and you're not chasing things and you can still get your house sold, especially in a market that's not really like, you still have the upper hand. There's still, in our area, there's 0. 0.6 mm-hmm. um, months. months of available inventory. You still have the upper hand, in, even if the market's cooling. Um, you can still get it sold, even if you overprice it. You can adjust for buyers, though. I I feel like it's hard to explain to them how to. How, they're reading that article and they're like, "Well, why would I pay over asking price?"
0: Or or you get people who say, "Well, I just read an article that said it's cooling, so I'm gonna wait."
1: That's that's the bigger thing. I'm too. just gonna wait. Yeah, is it being able to explain to them that although. Um, that article says that the market has shifted and like no one's buying anymore. Um, they referenced somebody in some California town and that's not where we are. Right. And so you have to really, really know your numbers and be able to show them and educate them and set those expectations before you ever go out to see the house that like, cause you'll, you're gonna start to hear that. of like, well, I, I wanna get a good deal or I'm gonna wait until the market crashes.
0: Right. Yeah. And you have to educate them because they're coming from a place of ignorance, not on purpose, but they just don't know. And when, and you do, they do apply that on, you know, it's like, you don't know where their news sources are coming from either. It's like you start clicking on stuff on Facebook or whatever, and all of a sudden your whole feed is filled with, you know, uh, a news feed News feeds of, of articles and stuff That are basically just ads and then You don't know where they're getting any of this Information and and I think in that Article it said something to the effect of You know we did open houses We were doing open houses uh, a month ago And there was a line out the door And now we did an open house uh, And five people showed up Well that's The five people showing up to the open house seems Normal to me Like well. like the, the line out the door is crazy weird and it's like that's not you don't you don't want that
1: well and so these are good indicators though so if you start to see and this is why it helps to track everything so like when we do an open house we have forms that are filled out that say how many people came through the open house so we have all the data to be able to see if things are really slowing down right now you have to take it all with perspective though because for example right now Like, I could say, well, I think things are a little bit slower because I have a couple listings that didn't get multiple offers. So it must be that the market is shifting. Or could it be that the couple of listings I'm talking about Mm -hmm. all have reasons for not having multiple offers? Mm -hmm. Like, one's a particularly high price point that I'm just thinking out loud. One's a particularly high price point. One's a condo. There's just always less condo buyers Mm -hmm. than there are like by a ton there's yeah you don't you
0: don't have a large enough control group to outweigh the variables of individual uh, outliers
1: well yeah so what I'm saying is that you track your numbers so you get overall averages but one or two listings that aren't selling right Mm -hmm. away it doesn't mean that your market area has shifted you've just got to look at those average numbers I do think though that like I think probably what is it we're heading into June so where we saw that in in our local area that the number of pending sales is higher Mm -hmm. and that's probably going to happen again so June July August those will probably be all really big sales months and then it's probably going to really slow down guess what that happens every year Mm -hmm. in September and October it always is slower and that's that seasonality that always happens
0: at least that's how it is here Like we've we've been looking to to buy an investment property in North Carolina and there was nothing for sale for months and months and months. And now stuff is starting to come up for sale. And we're like, oh, you know why? Because it's not snowing there anymore. Well, Yeah. You know, so it it all depends on where you are in your particular market, what the cyclical kind of kind of trend is. But in our area, it slows down September.
1: Yes. Yeah. Well, that's part of um, so we're rereading Shift in our book club. Again. <laughs> Again. Well you read it, if you read it once a year. Once a year, yeah. Then when it actually happens you'll be prepared. That's right. <laughs> I think it's a great book. <laughs> um but tactic nine in, in the shift book is all about
0: Catherine's shift book looks like <laughs> it's a, a bit beat up. It looks like um some like crazy religious zealots' Bible <laughs> that's been passed down through ten generations. The pages are all folded over, and there's five hundred paper clips, and <laughs> it, the book is actually twice the width, the thickness of the normal book because it, there's so much writing in it, and th- and
1: there's a few Note pages, and, and, <laughs> and it's filled with love. I yeah, mean, I think this, I think Pistachio might have gotten a hold of this one the, recently the, as well. The perhaps. dog might have
0: eaten part of the cover <laughs> off of it.
1: Uh, Anyways, yes, this is very highlighted. Um, but in the shift book, Tactic Nine talks about buyer reluctance. And I think that regardless of what actually is happening in your market right now, this is what the next six months will be about, mm-hmm. is dealing with buyer reluctance and explain to them what's really going on. And then for sellers, explain to them that overpricing is still not a good idea regardless of the market yeah but this and
0: they're, they're they'll do and then what what happens i know because i've heard you tell me this a million times which is well let's just try it
1: right, right right right.
0: that's what the sellers say when you you explain all of those things and they're like yeah i hear you i still want to it at this price let's just give it a shot and see right
1: um one of the lines in in this chapter it says um if you're always in- wait a
0: second Kayla's shift book is looks just like Kayla's Catherine's <laughs> she's,
1: she's, she's got
0: papers hanging out of it like yeah. n- like post-it notes that's
1: actually that's what my MREA book looks like the which I should
0: know I shouldn't have more. just gone after Catherine Kayla's is just as bad
1: <laughs> um but but in this this chapter about buyer reluctancy um it, this is some this is what you have to get across to buyers is like we're supposed to be the market experts that are helping people, these clients, if you if you do repeat and referral business and you're not all just about this one sale at this one time, you're you're helping these people build wealth. Like what is the fastest way to build wealth? Mm-hmm. It's through real estate. It's mm-hmm. by buying a home. That's just been proven time and time again. And so it says that if you're always in the market actively paying attention although you may never sell at the highest peak or buy at the absolute bottom you can buy right and always do well over time
0: right yeah you're not well you're not rolling the dice
1: yeah and so like when when Pat said we're looking for an investment property that's because we have a plan to buy 10 investment properties over 10 years and if I stopped to like if we said oh well we shouldn't do it this year because the market has changed then the whole plan is out the window yeah, <laughs> because of the market. And then we'll never catch back up to our overall goals mm-hmm. because we'll have lost all that time. It's like, I don't actually know well, when the- of, Wait, oh, go ahead. <laughs> let me finish my thought. Go ahead. Uh, I don't actually know when the market's gonna hit the top. So I could say like, let's not buy this year because the prices are too high mm-hmm. or the interest rates are too high. But then what happens if the market keeps going up, which is a re- reality that could truly happen and then in 2 years we're, now we're 3 years behind our goals and the prices are even higher
0: right and it's, it's a matter of knowing the motivated right
1: well that's exactly a matter of what this educating that's exactly what this tactic is all about hmm. um,
0: i don't need a book
1: <laughs> that knows um, but it talks about th- this is the thing is you can't and i know we said this before you can't force people to buy a home like they have to be willing you can educate them and help them overcome that reluctance if they actually have motivation. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Um, so to understand their urgency, you have to find those people that are able, and that's the other thing. With interest rates rising, there will be people who want to buy; mm-hmm. they still want to, but they can't.
0: Well, maybe those FHA loans won't be uh, sellers won't be turning their nose up at yeah. the way they they can now because there's cash buyers because there are investors. There are people who are going to come in that are right now that are offering over asking price cash because they're just going to flip them really quick and and because the market's going up and stuff. A lot of that's going to pull back and it's going to be it will be the FHA loan will go through that will be the 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 offer that's picked and stuff like that. So it's like it's almost like the opposite, like right now it's like oh the market's so hot and you and and we've got all these buyers and what you end up putting in multiple offers on multiple properties and until you finally get your your client's offer accepted and now it's going to be it's it'll flip you won't have as many buyers right but you also won't have to have that much competition to get the offer accepted and right. then you can spend time getting New clients. So it's like if you're if you're still doing the steps, following the steps and doing what you should be doing every day, even though the market shifts, you the, isn't the whole point of the shift book is you kind of change the way that you're doing things, shift the way that you do things so that you don't really feel.
1: The impact the impact yeah.
0: right so it's like yeah the market shifts but you also you don't have to go and put multiple multiple offers in on different properties and for your clients you can you can turn them and burn them but you have to still be doing the the lead generation and the other things so that so that you don't feel the impact
1: well so okay i'm gonna go back a second because the, the article that you sent me, the last line of the article, which is I, I told you. Yeah, it's the most morning, important part. The most important part about this article was it talks about the, the slowing and it interviews a couple agents about how they it, this, this house is sitting for 30 days when it should have sold right away. And there's only five people at my open house this week. Listen, I remember when there was zero people that came to my open house.
0: <laughs> Wasn't that long ago. And it was <laughs> and a brand new listing and no, not one person walked through.
1: <laughs> so get ready. Y'all No, I'm just kidding. But the very end of the article, it says, though, the frenzy is over. There's still a lot of pent up demand from people who've been shopping for a year. Right. So are we really going to all of a sudden be in this different shifted market? We don't know. But what we do know is there's still pent up demand. There's still plenty of people who are able, willing and ready to buy. Now we're just going to be dealing with them saying, should I like, maybe I should listen to this article. It sounds like things are get, things are gonna go the other direction and you're going to have to be the market expert mm-hmm. and your skills level is going to have to increase. Yeah, And that is what this book is all about. Mm-hmm is not just it's it's about preparing for it to and like doing more activities making things stronger so that you're finding those motivated but then you also have to increase your skill level to have those conversations.
0: Yeah, and then on the listing side, we always make fun of not make fun of, but um we would never yeah, no, no, no. I'm, what I'm saying is, is that we have a, in downtown Orlando, there's a very popular night street called Orange Avenue, which is where everyone goes on the weekends and drinks. Tons of bars and stuff. And then there's these little side streets that have other bars and stuff. And we always joke about how can you about bars that close on Orange Avenue. It's like the number of people just walking in randomly. You don't even have to do anything. People just walk in and, and, and you're packed all night and stuff. And and that's kind of what this has been for listings is you just stick a sign in the yard and and all of a sudden there's 12 offers. Well, that's going to change and you also have to have the skill to be able to explain to your sellers that their friends who sold their house 6 months ago that had 42 offers on their house and you, you put a sign in the yard for on 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 their listing and it sat for 2 weeks and you got two offers that that's the market we're in now even though they're not going to understand like so you have to have the skills to be able to have that conversation with your sellers too that it's not orange avenue you're on a side street now
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's really funny um it's a good analogy but yeah these conversations are not easy because people like they don't always believe you right you know even though they've invited you especially with sellers so they've invited you to come to their house to do this listing presentation and somebody else goes in because now there's an inflated number of agents yeah experienced inexperienced who don't know and aren't reading the articles and keeping up with what's going on and what's being said and and how to manage those expectations who all they know is the offer that they wrote three months ago um Mm -hmm. and it took that buyer you know six times because there was 40 offers on every property so they go in and explain that scenario to the seller. Mm-hmm. And that's what the seller now thinks is reality. And then you have to go in and say, actually, let me tell you something. Yeah. <laughs> that's not what's going to happen. And, the,
0: they're, and they're more just like their bias, the seller's bias, just like in uh, political discourse of news articles, like I was saying before, they are going to go to the person that is telling them, reinforcing their biases right well i think it's worth this and i think that we should it's blah 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 and then they have a a real estate agent come in and confirm all of those biases and then you come in and go actually all of that is wrong this is actually what's happening and then go you know having the skill to be able to still end up with that listing that is that is the difficult part
1: um yeah well, and it it always is like even in this market, like you still have to have a certain level of skills to get a listing. Like that's the that's the thing we always say is like list sellers actually pay you. They pay a commission. So it's always harder to get a listing than it is to take a buyer. But it doesn't really matter if you have a bunch of unmotivated people, you mm-hmm. know, so it, it you still need to ex- be able to explain and better yet to ask the questions to arrive at
0: so they can arrive to it. Uh, the so they can arrive to the yeah.
1: conclusions. And because telling people things when, uh, but my neighbor did this doesn't work. Yeah. You know, you have to, you have to dig deeper than that.
0: All right. Let's, uh, let's take a quick, quick break. Okay. Okay. okay.
1: The Think B Be Team is an Orlando-based real estate team with Keller Williams Realty at the Park's. We operate as a boutique style company with the resources of the largest real estate company behind us. ThinkLuvB is looking for talented people like you to join our team. If you happen to live in the Orlando area and you're a detail-oriented quick learner, then we might have a place for you. Whether you're a real estate agent or administrative professional, we are looking for individuals who are ready to work hard and ready for success. If you're ready to join the team, visit us at thinkliveb.com. And we're back. Okay. So you know what's like the worst thing you can do though during a shifted market? Quit hey that's kind of true uh, never quit what, that's the only way you succeed um, no the worst thing you can do though is take on a bunch of unmotivated clients mm-hmm. when a market is shifting because it is it becomes more challenging and you need to level up your skills you need to level up the number of activities you're doing and you can't do that while running around running with around with people who aren't serious and unmotivated and so you have to get really really clear on what does motivation look like and make sure that those are the people you're spending time because even like okay let me give you an example let's say you take a buyer so a lot of agents don't do what we do but you should so we set them up on a search and we do it in what's called concierge mode so that we're only sending them properties that really match their interests or as close as possible to them. That saves them time and us time because I can go through and I can look at something and, and they might, they might send it to me and say, Hey, can we go take a look at this? And I'm like, well, this is 500 square feet smaller than you said you wanted. Mm-hmm. So it,
0: op- it it invites an o- opportunity to say, okay, so maybe they're, they're, what they want is shifting, is changing because they can't find what they want initially, like the two-car garage or whatever. This house doesn't have a two-car garage.
1: Well, I've had, so and it's, it's that. So,
0: and now now it o- that opens it up for conversation.
1: Yes, it's right? that, but it's also, you can help eliminate sometimes people. People have sent things before to me, and this is a perfect example of one, where they sent something that did not have a garage, and that was one of their top five must-haves. And so I just said to them, did we decide that you don't want a two car garage? And they're like, oh, no, I didn't realize that this house didn't have it because mm-hmm. the photos are pretty and you're just clicking around looking yeah. at houses. My job is to make sure that I'm saving you time and also saving myself. time. There's
0: a reason why I didn't get sent to you.
1: <laughs> right. There is a reason why I didn't send that to you. Um, so anyways, you're so when we set people up, though, in that concierge mode, that is just a l- tiny bit more work for us. Because now I have to go in every morning and in the afternoon, sometimes three times a day, and make sure that I'm sending them those properties so they get them fast. Because even in, as the market cools, if it's cooling, things are still going to go quickly, mm. especially in certain price ranges. So you still have to be sending those properties out quickly. So that's a little bit extra work. So if I took on, you know, 20 buyers that all of them weren't really serious, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be spending a long time sending out properties every morning to people who aren't ever going to buy a house.
0: Right. Well, you're just wasting your time spinning your wheels.
1: Yeah. And so really understanding if they're motivated before you set them up on those, those next steps, because if they're not, then you're you're wasting a lot of time well, you and even, you feel like you're busy.
0: And you even do, I mean, that that is after they've signed the the um, engagement letter and you've had your, it's why you don't go and just open doors for random people because you don't know their seriousness. Why would you waste your time driving 25 miles and spending your day putting together a route of showings and stuff to people who aren't serious about buying, Right. So, I mean, there's lots of levels to that of saving yourself time.
1: Yeah, well, so, so really understanding the motivation. So why would someone be motivated to buy a house in a market where maybe the prices are going down or things are changing? Like, I think a lot of what's driven the last two years, like when we first came, we're, we were bouncing back from being closed for a couple weeks in, on lockdown, life started to change for people and people could work more remotely and mm-hmm. people were getting out of areas that well, they didn't want to live in, and they, more people were moving yeah. to they do-
0: were sitting in their house that they spent would come back to at night and they were sitting there during the day going this place is gross yeah <laughs> let's move
1: right so there was a lot of the motivation was simply that that their lifestyle had changed mm-hmm. and they could do something different and then i think over the last like year or six months there's even a little bit of, like, fear of missing out. FOMO, FOMO. Yeah, yeah. Like, truly, I think that that kind of...
0: Everybody's moving. Everybody's buying a new house. Like,
1: I feel like I should, too. Yeah. I mean, we did. Yeah. <laughs> Not because of what anyone else was doing, but we just found a cool old house. But we still made a move in a, in a time where I wasn't expecting to. So, but maybe it was because we got locked up in that house. Like, mm-hmm. we started thinking about maybe we want more space. Yeah. You yeah. know?
0: Maybe there was a little Subconsciously. bit... Subconsciously. El- maybe there was an element of that.
1: So the motivations in the last couple of years have been a little bit different than they were in the past but what 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 are some reasons that people move family growth right like if you
0: mm-hmm. have kids having
1: kids you new need more space new job new job and we
0: had a uh, a promotion or worse a lost job
1: mm-hmm. right right getting older and downsizing mm-hmm. it's a huge generation of people right now that Are in that mode of life. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Divorce,
2: school zones. Yeah, for kids who are going to middle school or maybe. Yeah.
0: Closer to family.
1: Right. So jobs, family. Like those are the reasons. So now, if somebody comes to you know an open house or whatever, and you talk to them and they're like, "Yeah, I want to look at some other houses," and you set a buyer consultation, and you never once ask them like why they're thinking of making a move, you could really be wasting your time. Yeah. Because some of those things, although they're 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 true motivational reasons, it's like, well what happens when they read that article mm-hmm. and then they're like, Oh, well maybe we shouldn't do that right now. Yeah.
0: Because we wanted to move because of the school zones, but then again our child is two. Right, right. Like <laughs> Maybe we'll we've seen people, more years. we've seen people buyers. I know you've had buyers in the past who are l- worried about school zones and they don't even have kids, <laughs> right. right? So, it's like, and I think that they were. I think that most recently, when something like that has happened, it's like, well, you don't even have kids, and they're like, yeah, I guess that's true, and then all of a sudden, the school zone doesn't become that that idea because the market is so hot, and so they threw that idea of maybe the school maybe the school zone isn't that important right now right and stuff so
1: well so you you have to have um, you have to have you have to be ready willing able right or ready able willing able ready willing you get it (laughs) so what is able able is being able to actually qualify so you might have right now some people have lost that ability to qualify because of the rising rates or you might see that if the rates keep going up this year Um, ready are all those personal reasons like are you ready to does it make sense in your life is there a personal reason that would cause you to move and then willing is are you willing to make the purchase with what's going on in the market today so if like if somebody's paying rent let's say they're paying rent and it's twenty five hundred dollars could they buy a reasonable house in orlando i'm using orlando because that's where we are but they could buy a reasonable house in orlando with a minimal down payment and still be about same amount so what would be there's no reason not to buy as long as the personal reasons are there right right now if they determine that the the market like the prices are too high so let's say they're living in you know this is what I've run into this over the years is that somebody is renting something and they've been there for a while and so their rent isn't like it's not that bad you know and they're let's say they're paying $1,500 a month well $1,500 a month right now like you couldn't buy something with the interest rate and the average price point and pay 1500 a month mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have a really hard time, unless they have a very strong personal reason, you're going to have a really hard time convincing them you know, to want to buy a house right now because it doesn't help their financial situation to spend that much more mm-hmm. to buy an average price home with an average interest rate. You see what I mean? Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, but at the same time, it's like, just like anything else, like the, okay, so the bread prices go up, right? Because there's inflation. Well, if you think those bread prices are going to drop back down to a dollar, then you've got you, you've got some waiting to do that to happen. So it's like these people who think that they can wait. Well, yes And stuff. It's like if you think that house that's listed, you know, we might say, okay, it's it's for sale right now at five hundred thousand, and you want to wait for it to drop to three. You're going to be waiting until 2038, and and that might not ever happen again. Like it could just drop down. It's not going to drop down to 350. It's going to go from 500 down to four four sixty five, and then right back up to 500 two years from now because there's people moving here. Like these people, you know what I mean? Like well,
1: so, if in order for so this, I've been thinking about this. Okay, and not that it couldn't happen again. We can't predict the future, right?
0: Of course, but this is a, are all we're just going with like the most logical. Occam's razor solution to this, right? That's that's what we're kind of aiming at here.
1: So if people say that well I'm going to what prices to drop, then you might want to understand what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Like what's your expectation? What do you
0: think that that means? Like, so, what do they think that, that so means? So what
1: price are you are you thinking you you want to wait until it drops to?
0: We l- really love this house. It's listed for 500, but we think it's worth 425. And we want to wait until the market's enough to where it's that's more realistic for us. And my thought is that house will never 425 or well, you'll be you'll be you'll be ready to retire. Well, that doesn't even make sense well, because. But
1: wait, so. Stuff
0: the, just naturally more expensive. So it's never going to get down to that price. The market drops like and we have a crash. And if we crash, it's because there's something else going on. You might not even be able to afford a house.
1: Well. Oh, that's true. But my point was. Sorry. No, it's okay. You were just going on a little uh, bit of a rant yeah, there. <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, but my point was is that, okay, if that's their expectation, you can at least explain, you know, and I understand. I think everybody would love for the prices to be back down to that level. And what would require, what would be required would be a market crash. That's what you're talking about. To go down that far, the market would crash which means you might actually be without a job and lots of other things would be happening like yours. So reality is that the market fluctuates a little bit here and there, not giant drops. That was a historical event that happened in 2008. It is unlikely to happen again, especially because the circumstances right now are so different. Mm -hmm. So if you're thinking about waiting, even if let's say the market did crash. You'd still be waiting a couple years what, for that to happen.
0: Wouldn't you, what you, the solution to this is not to explain to them what you what when the market shifts, what you're what you're getting is not may, maybe not as much competition in buying the home. Yeah. So instead of your offer going up against 30 other people, your offer is going to go up against three other people. Does that mean that you're going to get the house for way way less? No, but it means that you might not have to pay way way more. Whereas right now people are coming in, they're waving this, they're waving that, they're bringing an extra thirty thousand. You won't have to do that, go up and above beyond, right? But if you think you're going to kind of come in and get it for seventy five thousand dollars less, the market shifted. That's not what happens. You just don't have as much competition going up against you to where you have to bring extra and more than what the list price is. So, or whatever you know what I mean like that's where you're that you want to save you want to like what's our what benefit of of buying and that versus versus now it's not it's not um you're going to get it for way less you're just not going to be up against as much instead it's only going to be three offers that come in that you're competing against instead of 40.
1: Yeah um which well, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. Uh, <laughs> but what I was going to say, though, is, well, so... Oh, well, you are going to go down
0: it. No, <laughs> no, no,
1: no, no, no. But in terms of people, their willingness and their readiness to buy a home. So, like, today, the rates have gone up pretty substantially over the last couple of weeks, really. 2% in the last
2: 60 days.
1: And so you really need to check in with people that are like haven't gone under contract because you might have piled up quite a few people that were not ready right that minute, but you were just setting appointments and getting people in the pipeline. Right? Yeah. And so what happens over time is their, their ability to buy may not, may no longer be there because of interest rates or their readiness. Their readiness might still be there, but their willingness and ability have changed. Because now they're like, well, wait a second. Before, we were moving to, you know, be closer to our job. And the rate has now changed in such a way that the price of the home plus the rate is going to be so much more expensive that it actually doesn't make financial sense to buy anymore. Right. And they may not have even realized that on their own yet, but you should be checking in with people as things shift like this. And especially as, as we head through the summer months, I think, again, things are going to be kind of like still busy and crazy and stuff as we get into September, October, and things start to cool down, you need to be in regular check-ins with people to really show them the value in still buying because the more, new, more news stories are going to come out, like the one that you showed me today, mm-hmm. where the headline is all that they read oh yeah way. like
0: or and or there, there's like in in this one this particular news story that there was the headline and behind the headline was a giant red arrow pointing down yes you know what which i mean which is not oh, and then, what and, and the then, article right. said right and then you flip through the because the person doing the little graphic yeah is not the same person that wrote the article right <laughs> and uh and then you flip click on it and you flip through and all you see is a is a um like I forget what those kind of charts are that look like an EKG, you know, yeah. and and it just shows it going down and stuff. And then you look at it and it's like it's a very small percentage, but they make it look like a very large percentage yeah. and stuff. And and just all just all of those things. Like people don't pay attention. And you as a realtor, as a we're just in the in the real estate industry, anybody, right? Kayla's an admin. We've got a TC. Anyone who sees that sees those articles. Um, You guys live in the real estate world. Most people don't, even people who want to buy or sell a house. It's like, they kind of swoop in, they sort of pay attention. They don't really know the vocabulary. They don't understand, you know, the, the differences between anything or they're, they're paying next to zero attention. So you guys are hypersensitive to all of that stuff and can kind of take it all in and be like, Oh, well, that's, they're being a little obtuse about this or that's that's blown out of proportion and or whatever it happens to be but most people don't know that yeah you know
1: I think so you you cannot force these things though you just have to ask the questions to understand if those exist and the willingness ableness and readiness and if they do then you move forward with them if they don't Then set them up with expectations that you will follow up in the future Mm -hmm. because you're only doing, well, you're doing everybody a disservice if you keep moving forward as if they're going to buy something when they've told you, I'm not willing to at this time. Like I'm waiting for something to happen and they're going to be waiting a long time because the, again, it is highly unlikely. I could be wrong. Everybody could be wrong, but it is highly unlikely that there will be a huge crash like we saw. That was a historical moment. And it's not to say that it couldn't happen again, but it's unlikely. I, I like to work off of like averages and mm-hmm. what's a realistic, logical approach to things. Sure. So I'm going to prepare myself for a shift in yes we're not going to just stick a sign in the yard and it's not going to sell i need to prepare sellers with the expectation that the days on market might be a little bit longer you yeah. may not get multiple offers anymore and so we need to prepare for that and know how to have those conversations but i'm not going to go overboard either
0: right and all of a sudden start writing letters to banks to get on their bank owned property lists
1: right i <laughs> did something see well, and, and I did see like there's um a couple new classes that I've seen pop up about short sales and bank owned properties mm-hmm. and stuff. And
0: that makes sense to a certain degree. If you're new, if you've only been in the market for a, or a, been in the business for a couple years, you m- might have never even seen a short sale before, even heard the term, you know, yes. like that's that's a that's a strange thing. That was a, you know, but yeah, the, I, I could see how, you know. For somebody who's been in the business three years taking a short sale class isn't gonna hurt you
1: well to know what it is because like maybe you start to see a few of those but i don't again why would you like why would yeah. short sales begin to happen only if prices were going down yeah at drastic points right and more people needed to sell or move for some reason like if you think about that that historical crash that we again a lot of you listening may not have you know been through that probably not Mm. and at that time first of all at that time nobody knew what was happening like it wasn't like we were living through it saying
0: this is what's happening
1: yeah like we knew that the stock market crashed that was a very visible thing but real estate's different it moves differently. And so you don't really know until you're already like in it, mm-hmm. which is the thing. Like, are we already in a shift market? We don't know. Um, we can only look back in time and say, you know what? That was when the bottom happened. Yeah. That was when the top happened. So we really don't know until we're looking back and saying, Oh, there it is. So all you can do is just level up your skills, practice scripts, practice objection handling in the, if things are really an objection which we talked about objections i think on the last episode Mm. not the lost episode right oh wait not the last one the The last one was a repeat the last one was repeat (laughs) um because we lost an episode it was a good one we lost (laughs) it was great (laughs) um but we talked about objections and the difference between objection and condition and if, if somebody says like, I'm not willing to do this right now because I think the prices are too high, you're probably not going to convince them otherwise. And so stop trying to force force things through. Like stop trying to do that and go out and find more people who are actually willing. And that's where the shift book is all about like, leveling up your activities and ramping up like if you're going to go do an open house do it so that you get if if open houses are slowing down if they are Mm -hmm. for people well you've got to go out and do Do more more marketing do more open houses to get the same results Mm -hmm. that's what understanding
0: understanding that and then shifting your schedule because if you're doing things the right way you have your numbers you know exactly how many sales you want to do at the end of the year and if the open houses were bringing you 20 percent and now they're bringing you 10 then you have to double the number of open houses that you do yeah right so in order to still hit those numbers or bring in business from other places to compensate but you have to know yeah you know
1: i, I don't want to get down into the weeds on something how much time do we have
0: yeah we a few <laughs> we you got some time
1: okay <laughs> So a lot of what we hear right now with sellers, and this is part of the reason the market has been so hot for so long, is the lack of listings available compared to the demand. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that can shift to market is an increase in listing supply, which in the article that we read it did say that the listings were up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Here, I think they maybe are, but like it's not enough. It's not enough to do Just any kind of major influence. Change. Yeah. And so now that could continue to change, Mm -hmm. but for right now, it's not really enough. And one of the things that's holding back a lot of sellers and has been is they feel like, well, where would I go next? Right because they feel like they don't have any options.
0: Cuz the the house they want to buy is way too expensive and they and they don't have the com- and the, and then the competition of I'll be homeless if we don't get an offer accepted.
1: Yes. So, well what's held those people back though is their inability to get an offer accepted with mm-hmm. a contingency. Mm-hmm. So, if things are cooling, how can you explain to somebody who's been on the fence because they don't want to yep. be stuck? Well, because the market is changing slightly. Right. You actually have a greater chance now if this is true. Mm-hmm. Right. You have a greater chance now of getting that offer accepted with a contingency, mm-hmm. other than you know the last year we had that we that you haven't like we weren't able to. Mm-hmm. So now now might be the perfect time. Well, now what would be their reluctance? Well, the prices are so high, mm-hmm. right? Well, and so you can't buy low and sell high. Yeah, like it doesn't work that way. Yeah, you can't unless do you want
0: unless you want to be homeless. Well, right, Right, and and
1: that's a great risk, right? So if you can, if somebody has, they're they're ready, they've been ready, they've been stuck and feeling stuck because they feel like they can't sell and get out of this house, but they want to, and their their inability to move has been sort of conditional because they need the money from their house. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Well, if the market shifts a little bit, that condition now just becomes maybe an objection Mm -hmm. that you can overcome because, well, you... Yes, you can get your offer accepted now. Mm-hmm. And so there's no real reason not to list your home and go and look for a new house, except right. that you it, think the prices are too high. Right.
0: Except, except that that's an easy objection handler, because if you're waiting for the house that you want to move into for the prices to go down, well, the price on your house is going to go down, too. Well, so right. it's all it's all relative. Right. Right. So, so you're going to make less money on your house. You know, and we can look at those numbers, but at the same time, what do you think these house prices are going to drop to? Because we're going to, by the like I, I said before, if you're waiting for them to drop like twenty five percent, that's a market crash, or um, the, the amount of time it would take on a nat- naturally for that price to come down that far. In inflation on its own will compensate for that. It will never get to that price. The only way for that house to go down to that price is if the market crashes. And is that what you're waiting for to buy a house right. is for a market crash? Well, especially when that's you've that's somebody
1: that's been, they, they're the pent up demand. Like they're the, they need to sell. They want to sell mm-hmm. and they haven't been able to, if you can show them that now is their chance. To get that offer accepted yeah. and get the most money possible for their house, and be
0: able to stay in their house, yeah, until they until in- they
1: might have a small window of opportunity, yeah, come September, October, September this year, September, the prices will be high and it'll
0: slow down. That's but they where, might have their chance. Yeah. So
1: just knowing the market, though, to know when to have, when is the right time to have those conversations of anybody that's been, ha- that's yeah. the objection they gave you a year ago. Mm-hmm. Well, now might be the time to call those and, people.
0: And yeah, right now, because September is right around the
1: corner. Oh, don't tell me that. <laughs> don't tell me that. <laughs> that's my birthday
0: <laughs> month. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the question you are about to hear is true. Only the names have been changed to protect the innocent. Question from the web. What are you looking at and for when walking a new client's house during a listing appointment?
2: Mm. Interesting. Dead bodies. (laughs) 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 Gotta know what you're getting into. Looking
0: for dead bodies. You gotta know. You can smell them. You can smell them. You don't have to look.
1: (laughs) Um, so I think you're, you're, well, two things. You're looking at the house because like truly it is the first time that you're seeing it usually when you're going to the appointment. And so in order to best guide them on pricing and what they should do to get ready, you need to see the house. But when you first get there, they always have a tendency to want to like give you the tour. Mm hmm. And then that takes Especially forever. Especially if they've,
0: they've lived there for 25 years, 30 yeah. years. Yeah, they want to the give you old the tour. The old guy and... wants to walk you around and show you how
1: Yeah.
0: Well, everything he did.
1: Right. <laughs> and you're like, oh, look, I updated this bathroom in 1980. Doesn't I just, matter. We, well,
0: we <laughs> say people's timing is like, oh, when did you? Oh, yeah, we just did that. It was like, it was
1: 1996. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, So one of the things that I learned a long time ago, and it was a, a bold class. They have, there's a script. There's a script for everything, you guys um that that basically when you get there you know they want to show you the house so like immediately say hey can we sit at this table and direct them to where you want to do your listing consultation and then give them something to do by having them fill out like a contact info sheet or a home detail sheet and then you say like hey i'd like to go take a look at the while house. you're doing that while you're doing that i'd like to go take a look through the house and I'm just going to walk around and do it through the eyes of a buyer. So I won't, you know, I won't be biased by what you've.
0: By your descriptions by, of what you've done. And, and
1: Right. And I'm not saying the script word for word, guys. That's um, probably trademarked or copyrighted or something. <laughs> but, um, but so you're telling them, though, I'm going to look at it through the eyes of a buyer. Not your eyes because you've lived here for 20 years or whatever. And I, I want to see it unbiased first. Then after you decide to list with me. You can tell me all the things that make it special for you and the upgrades that you've made and then by doing that you're first of all you're saving yourself time because you're going to buzz right through the house because you know what to look for otherwise
0: the old guy it's going to take an hour to walk around the house
2: right
1: yeah they're going to point out every little thing um and then you're also explaining to them your value there too like you're saying i i'm going to look at it so that i can tell you a buyer's perspective on it not yours and most of the time i will say like Fifty percent of the time that works.
0: Fifty percent. I thought it would be more than that.
1: Maybe maybe seventy five percent. They still want a big they still want (laughs) to
0: walk around. But maybe maybe the the idea of hey, this is let me show you everything might be a little less than it would have been if you hadn't done that.
1: Yes. And every
0: once in a while you get the single old lady who is just happy to have somebody over at the house who wants to, you know. Yeah. Tell you about her family and the pictures that are on the thing. And it's like, there's just sometimes, well, wait, 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 what do we say? 80%, right?
1: Yeah. So, okay. So the, there is part of the script is when, if they say, oh, well, I'd really like to show you a couple things and they still want to go with you. There's more to the script, mm-hmm. which I never use. Cause you know, even in my, you know, 15 years or whatever, I s- they still feel uncomfortable saying certain things mm-hmm. that like are scripts and written out and, and work for people but you still feel uncomfortable because it's like it says i think it's something like um you know what do you do for a living and were you faster at it the you know whatever i forget what the script is obviously i haven't practiced yeah. it enough but i don't like i do well, what's I don't the point like of it? it the point is to say um like i'm gonna do this faster and better than you or, or something to that effect right. like without you yeah and so if you could just fill out this form, mm-hmm. I'll go do this real quick.
0: Yeah. And some people are weird. Like, I don't want this stranger walking around through my house. Yeah. Like, I think that you know, when I that. say
1: like 50 to 75 percent of the time it works is because there are people who um, maybe it's like a little bit of a colder appointment. Like if you're going on a referral based appointment or a farm based appointment where they maybe already know mm-hmm. you and stuff. Those are the easy ones. Mm-hmm. They, they don't care. They're like, sure, go around, look, look at yeah. my cabinets, whatever um but there are some times where people you know they you just walked in their door and you're like hey i'm gonna go look around in your closets for a minute is that okay yeah (laughs) so like you just have to again say at least tell them why you're doing it and why it's important for you to go alone Hmm. and then give them something to work on that helps too if you forget that part then it's really easy for them to still end up wandering around behind you um but Oh, I was going to say one more thing. Oh, my favorite thing, though, is when you go to the appointment and you say, hey, do you mind if, you know, we put my stuff down at this table and we'll sit here and they sit down and they're like, yeah, have a seat. I like to just go ahead and sit down because it to me, that means that they're like ready to go. Mm-hmm. Like I, they're ready to sign. Let's get it going. Mm-hmm. And I don't need to look at your house right this second because right. you realize that I'm here to take your listing. Right. Not to go. Don't walk mess around. that up
0: by. Doing a walk around like if they're ready to sit down and sign paperwork, get the paperwork signed, then go walk around.
1: Yes. And then and then at the end you can say, I'm going to do a quick buzz. Because because
0: the reason why you're buzzing around, the reason why you would look around isn't so much because you need to walk around the house to do your listing presentation. It's almost to placate them because they think you're coming over there. Well, a lot of they, times to look at the house because they will, we'll, you know, worst case, scenario we'll just get some advice from this realtor and then we'll list it. Well, you that's know, it's a like, lot of
1: times they, they want you to go look around and they'll ask you questions as you're walking. Should we around, do this? Like, what do you think we should do in here? Right. I get paid to give you that advice. Mm-hmm. And so you have to set the expectation with them that. When you choose to work with me or list with me, then I will put together a list of things that you can do to get the house ready. Then you can tell me about all the things that you've done to make it special. Not until we decide to work together, though.
0: And I do know that Catherine, one of the things that Catherine does that I think is um, helpful in a lot of ways is once she's getting that paperwork signed as she walks around and takes photos of oh, the but house, I've
1: changed that though. Oh, you have. Well, because remember we talked about listing packages, mm-hmm. and and um. Now oh right. The custom staging plan is That's not right. Uh, not every single one anymore.
0: Right. So yeah, you can go back and listen to our other episode where we have a, a leveled. We implemented the leveled. Um,
1: yes. Different what, commissions. Commission
0: levels and stuff. For but what I did. Get, I but...
1: used to. That was my last thing, and and sometimes that would also help take the listing. Um, I just thought of this so if you get to the end of the listing presentation and they're like not ready to sign then I would say something like well hey you know other than (laughs) you know whatever you're supposed to you know the whole um, objection handling script other than like meeting with other agents is there any other reason you wouldn't list with me today and then they'll tell you you know well no I would but I just said this whatever Well, okay. so as we discussed, I'm going to do a custom staging plan for you and I can save time by going ahead and taking the photos now while I'm here, Mm -hmm. Um, but only if if we're going to work together and and that way I'll be prepared when you call me up tomorrow and you're ready to sign the papers. Should I go ahead and take these photos? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then if they say yes, you probably have that listing. Right. It just might be a two stepper. But if they're like, well, why don't I give you a call later? You probably lost that listing. They're not going to call you. Because it only takes you a minute to go take all the photos, and it gives you a really good idea of to where they're leaning. Mm-hmm. If and, they say no, it's then, like you are not taking that list, right?
0: Again. And and or and you can continue to have a talk and let them talk and get and get some more information and let them kind of see where their actual objections are and all of that stuff. It gives you an opportunity to get back into a conversation if they don't want to take the, if they don't want you to take the photos. Yeah. So yeah. Ow. You okay? Yeah,
1: sorry. <laughs> just <laughs> moved the wrong way. Catherine I got said a... these are un- involuntary. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs>
0: She's got a bad back today. Small win. Small 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 Kayla, do you got a small win today?
2: Yes, yes, I do. Uh, so we have an older washer and dryer in our house, it's not upgraded or anything like that. And the dryer on Saturday wasn't spinning anymore. So the drum wasn't oh, the dr- spinning. Mm-hmm. And Is it a
0: front loader or a top loader? Uh, front. Front loader.
2: But an old, old one. Yeah. Nothing new whatsoever. Um, and usually Sean's initial responses are to let's call somebody to fix it or let's just get a new one. And in this case, I spoke first and I said, let's open it up and see what's wrong. <laughs> and we did. And we found that the pulley which moves the belt around the drum mm-hmm. to spin it, had um, fallen off. So we took like 25 minutes to take everything off and um, screw in the pulley so it doesn't fall off again. And it works perfectly fine. Oh, there that's you that's go. That's my small win. That's awesome. YouTube. You fixed the dryer. Yep. That's
0: like a that's, you guys pulled a fatigue <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh-huh. <laughs> Um, I was going to say... Um, dryers are only like three parts aren't they yeah
0: well yeah they always tell you to buy the uh what's that brand uh uh, speed queen speed queen is the if you're gonna buy a a dryer buy one of those but they're not fancy they're not fancy I mean, they're very expensive but they're like three parts and any 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 appliance repair person that you ever talk to ask them what kind of dryer should i buy and every single one of them will tell you speed queen
2: yeah also we made 17 cents off of that
0: Oh, you found found mm-hmm. some money in there. Found
2: some money. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations on that,
0: Catherine. Do you have a small win?
1: Well, it's not a small win, but we went and saw pa- Paul McCartney. Yep,
0: yeah, that was I my was, small win too.
2: Oh well, well how I can it not be wins. both of your small wins? It's yeah. a pretty it's a, big one. It was one. a
1: big one. It was pretty awesome. Um, we had awesome seats.
0: Yeah, we we bought tickets like as like the pre-sale tickets as soon as they went on sale and just found found the best seats that were available, and it yeah. was. The twelfth row. Yeah. Nice. On
1: and we were like yeah, we were on the floor and we were kind of angled. So like I had like a perfect view. Because it was just a it wasn't like, you know, when if you're in the middle row, you're just like stacked on top of each other, mm-hmm. but the side we were close to the edge. So there like a, there really wasn't a walkway. Any, yeah. Right?
0: Like we were two seats in from the walkway.
1: Yeah. So it was like a clear shot, except for one guy's head was kind big of big block way. <laughs> big block head.
0: No, you know what it was? I'm gonna say this. It was the guy in front of standing right in front of me who held his phone up (laughs) and recorded the entire show he watched an entire paul mccartney show
1: through his phone through
0: his phone recording the entire thing and it's like what do you think are you ever
2: what are you gonna do with that yeah
0: what are you gonna do it's gonna sound terrible um it's like and it's like we were in the 12th row this was at a stadium though so it's like we were 50 feet 60 feet Yeah,
1: it's still like on a phone you're still still it's like
0: like he it's like it's look I took a couple shots and I was like it's like taking a picture of the moon Mm -hmm. kind of you're like look at that beautiful moon then you take a picture and it's like this little speck on your phone (laughs) and it doesn't really translate you know and it this was the same thing and he watched three hours of Paul McCartney playing Beatles songs all the way up to new stuff through this telephone and it most of it was recording a screen
1: Right, right. The, uh, that, the big screen. The big
0: screen where they cause, you know, he had cameras on him to go onto this big screen because it was a stadium and stuff. So he was looking through a screen, recording a screen <laughs> of Paul McCartney. Well, Insane.
1: So all of that, though, uh, this, I guess this would be a small, another small win um, about that, though, was I, like, I took a couple photos, obviously, to, to share because it was an awesome experience. But um I kept seeing all these people with their phones. And then there was a moment where I was just like, I'm not, I picked my phone up. I was going to, Mm. Like take another photo And I was like I'm not going to It was a, like I think it was when they He was playing Let It Be mm-hmm. And everybody Had uh, turned on their You know Light on their camera Like, flat, like a lighter mm, Like they yeah. used to do yeah. it And the that. entire stadium Was bright Because was, of yeah, was much It was It was, yeah. it was insane it was, How the, bright the stadium got It was like from, Somebody
0: just turned The light on yeah. Like at the end of the night and it was Even though crazy. we were Out at an outside stadium
1: But it was also It was like really powerful Because it's a beautiful song And um and all these lights And stuff And I was going to Take a photo a little video, and I was like, Nope, I'm just gonna enjoy the moment yeah. and just be present because this is awesome. And like yeah. so it's th- the 80s and 90s with Queen, I, yeah, <laughs> or with the
2: Beatles,
0: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or anytime, yeah, with the Beatles, so, so yeah, saw, that was very, that. very, uh, very fun show, and something I'll never forget. So. Beetle. Hey guys, remember to rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps new listeners to find us. You can also send questions, letters, and stories to us at our website on seekingthebest.com. You can even leave us a voicemail and we'll play it on the show. Send us a tweet at SeekTheBestPod. And for Kat, Kayla, and myself, thanks for listening and we'll figure this all out next week. Adios. Bye. This has been a Think, Live, Bee production.